0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to score! Touchdown! Close has got him in a second.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Credit Karma and Blue Wire Hustle. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. We have a special guest on the show today. But before we get to him, I've got a a somber announcement that I got to make here on Striking Gold. My friend, my partner in crime, over the last few years, Eric Crocker is no longer going to be my co-host on this podcast. Croc received an offer that, frankly, he could not turn down, period. That's I told him as much. Um, it's a bittersweet moment for me. Um, I'm happy for my friend and all the success he's having. Uh, he puts in more work than, than anybody I know uh, when it comes to football and the 49ers. Uh, but it definitely hurts to lose him. You guys know that you've been here and listening to us talk to each other for years. Croc um, and I have talked quite a bit over the past week. Uh, I joked about the fact that it felt like I was like going through a bad breakup, like <laughs> you know, like I talked to Croc just as often as I talked to my own family. Um, we had a hell of a run, and it was a lot of fun here. And I felt like we built something great over the last few years. Uh, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. I mean, he's the one that that DM'd me and called me and got me on here in the first place. So obviously, I, I wish him all the best. Uh, make sure you guys continue to support him over at Locked On 49ers. And hopefully you stick around to see where we go from here at Striking Gold. But that being said, joining me tonight is a special guest, the man behind the wheel for the juggernaut that is Niners Nation, Kyle Posey. What's going you on, dude?
1: juggernaut, how about that? Uh, nothing, Bro, it is, man. I've been there. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's nice. I love it. It's fun. And, and, uh, man about Croc, it is great to see him, you know, leave. but I'm sure it hurts for you, but it's not often that you just have an analysis, uh, who is just loved by everybody, no matter it's players, no matter it's fans, no matter it's, you know, uh, people in the media. So props to crock, man. And hopefully this is just another stepping stone and he keeps, uh, he keeps going to where he deserves to be.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, obviously, just a close, close friend of mine. I, at this point, i would probably consider him family. The crazy part is, too, is you know when we're podcasting, a lot of times we would do it to where we could see each other on through the camera, but it wouldn't record our video. So I'd always be like talking to his family and stuff like that. So it's, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's rough, but it, like you said, man, it's it's impossible not to feel happy for the guy. Like, and I, the guy at one point, the guy was getting calls from NFL teams about possibly joining their scouting department. So it just, was, like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's where gonna, he ended so you're,
1: up. If anything, you're lucky that it lasted this long because yeah, I know. Was, this was always going to happen for him. And I'm sure, you know, you're not too far behind.
2: Right. Well, no, I mean, I, I, mean, I guess you could say that. At the same time, I've, I've had little opportunities here and there. But the fact that I'm a full-time teacher and that I – mean, no, not just a full-time teacher, an art teacher – you know like it's not exactly the easiest gig to say goodbye to so uh you know we'll see and I mean you know that because uh, if you guys don't know um Kyle Posey like I said he runs Niners Nation and I wrote for for Niners Nation for years I was there before he got brought on and then he took over and obviously we uh we got we got along just fine and then eventually ended up you know the whole California sucks thing came along and and that was that but um so me and Kyle have I've already known each other for quite some time. Um we have a very similar sense of humor and uh and we'll see. Maybe maybe at one at one point soon Kyle will uh do you want me to call you, you can Kyle can call or KP? Me
1: whatever you want to. <laughs>
2: you can say whatever <laughs> yes. you like. Um I would um I've always just called you KP. I like KP, but um Maybe he won't. Maybe he won't be a special guest. Maybe he'll be around on a more regular basis. But we'll see. We'll see. I ain't gonna. We ain't gonna get there yet. Can't move too fast. Okay. Just Got we out of a bad can't breakup. Move too fast. <laughs> I know, man. Um, I'm vulnerable <laughs> here, guys. Um, but anyways, anyways, I'm happy to have you on, man. It's it's always good to talk to you. And you know, the nice thing about talking to KP is, I always know, kind of in the back of his mind that he feels a similar way about most things as I do. Like if something's bullshit, KP probably thinks it's bullshit too. And if something's funny and maybe even it's unintentionally funny, KP usually thinks the same thing. So it's, it's just, I know that we're going to, as, as the kids say these days, we're going to vibe out (laughs) (laughs) something, whatever, just any use of the word vibe. I'm going to get too white real quick. So I need to slow down. But, um, So it's June 1st, dude. Like, I mean, sort of an important football date. Is it really that important of a football date for the 49ers right now? Like, do they have any big June 1st things?
1: You would have thought the way that, you know, some of the big media, the national media were framing June 1 is that we were going to see Julio Jones get traded. We were going to see an Aaron Rodgers move. We were going to (laughs) see all these type of moves go down. And the 49ers ended up signing old Andy Jones, not even the one Jones that people wanted in the Bay Area. So, (laughs)
2: <laughs> not the Jones we were we were hoping for, but the 49ers signed uh, a Madden creative <laughs> yes. character named Andy Jones. He's not white, okay? <laughs> so I know all of you guys were thinking about that, but um, spent a little bit of time in Detroit, and that's about it. And I don't think he's played football since, like, what, 2000?
1: It wasn't even 20, was yeah, it? Yeah, he's he's bounced back and forth I, between, like, practice squads and teams and just got – he was called up okay. and down and never really stuck. So I imagine it's a cam body. I imagine he's going to be a guy to, you know, take the pressure off the starters and the second team so they don't have to run every freaking route during practice. But, um, I mean, if he turns out to be this gym that you signed out of nowhere in June, then sure, why not?
2: Andy Jones, the first thing I thought about when I thought of the, the toy story, the Andy on the bottom of the shoe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought about that. But that was the first thing I thought about when it's Andy Jones. I think it will be more of the erasing the name from the bottom of the shoot than the adding the name to the bottom Love of the that. shoe. So, I mean, we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, I, get, I mean, I say the biggest news of the day, and I kind of say that in jest because we're not getting shit nowadays, not for a little while at least. Um, maybe that's why everybody wanted to act like June 1st was like, uh, free agency opening day 2.0. Like, they really did make it out like something was going to That's happen. so NFL. you
1: know, like, just, to, just to steal the headlines is, from every – Like today's the NBA playoffs and there's three games today, but you would have thought that, like we just said, the NFL was going to have this big prize for everybody. Hey, tune in at 1 p.m. when, you know, <laughs> the transactions take <laughs> – Right, oh, right. Like, come on, man. Nothing happened.
2: But I know. It really was, dude. So, hey, real quick, like we'll we'll just – the quickest cause me and Crocker talked about it a lot. I'm sure you've talked about it a lot on Niners Nation. What are your like a little blurb on what are your thoughts on the whole Julio Jones thing? Like do you even think that it's it's necessary? I believe I read a piece from you talking about, you know, why they should or, you know, how it would or wouldn't benefit the 49ers. So I mean, what is your quick hit on on just all the Julio Jones so crazy? I would
1: because I'm one of those people that are in the mindset where You can manipulate the hell out of the salary cap. You can always kick the can down the road and you save that for specific players. So with Julio Jones, knowing he's still an elite receiver, I know he's 32. I know he's going to cost 15 million, but there are plenty of ways to work around uh, to manipulate what's already on your roster, specifically the 49ers to bring in a talent like Julio Jones, because while it's, they have Kittle, they have Ayuk, they have Debo and on paper, that sounds good, but I mean, what is preventing you from adding Julio from those three? And, and you're just going to make those guys even better. You're going to make your quarterback better, both quarterbacks better. You're going to make your offensive line better. Um, yep, you might be tight on the salary cap just for this upcoming season. But again, you can have him restructure. You can get Atlanta to pay for some of the money. You can do a bunch of different things. You can kick some of the money into future years and give Julio a new deal. There are so many different ways to control this scenario uh, that I would do it, but – that's only because we're still talking about an elite player, and I want to emphasize that strongly because Julio is so so good still. <laughs>
2: it's it's Julio yes. motherfucking Jung, but like to me, I mean, I'm of of the same opinion. I, I think there's there's probably a pretty firm line when it comes to what I give up to give yeah. him, and I and I have thought a while that it wasn't going to be nearly as pricey as everybody thinks it's going to be. I would be really surprised if it was like a, a late first or a future first. I, I just I think the position that Atlanta is in doesn't really, you know, unless there's just this massive bidding war. I just don't think necessarily Atlanta's in a position to get that. And everybody knows that they that they're trying to get that salary off their books. And they're—I mean, I, I don't necessarily blame them. I just—I don't, don't think you should ever get rid of Julio Jones. But at the same time, Calvin Ridley's so good, and they just added—you know—obviously a, a player that everybody thinks is—is is going to be kind of like a—he's already—he's already got the future tight end label on or future Hall of Fame tight end label on him, you know, in Kyle Pitts. So. I could see where they're kind of thinking that they may be able to move on with Julio. That said, it's, it's Julio Jones, man. It's, it would be crazy for me to move on from him. I'm right there with you though, as far as what the 49ers should do, like, and he's one of the few players I've heard talked about that I felt even made sense. Like you add Julio Jones because he's Julio Jones and he's going to be better than everybody else that steps out there. But some of the other names I've heard, I'm like, well, is he even better than Ayuk and Debo? And if he's not, how many snaps does he get? You're looking at like a wide receiver three, maybe. How often do the forty ers even use a wide receiver three unless somebody's hurt? So but Julio is like, nope, Julio's on the field all the time. Doesn't matter. We'll work around it. Like who he's an he's an obvious, like yes, he's he's worth getting. So yeah, he's
1: I'm right he's there a with you. It'll
2: be interesting. It should be a no-brainer. How about this?
1: What do you think about, so we're hearing, you know, every report ever has four different teams listed, but over the weekend, we started to hear more of the Seahawks name creep up, and then even the Rams. So there's three teams in the NFC West that are all supposedly consistently interested in Julio Jones. Is this just the the media and the reporters fabricating that, or do you think each one of these teams really has a shot to win Julio?
2: To me, when I look at that list, I'm like, which one of these three teams is the most, would be the most interested in Julio Jones? And I look at what, you know, the Rams have. And I, th- I mean, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, it's tough to do better than that. I like both of them a lot. And I look at what Seattle has, you know, and you got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And that is a pretty ridiculous pair and I, I i just my point being is i see the 49ers as the team that makes the most sense and you know with the games the media or or agents or you know teams play and i believe i saw this mentioned on twitter the fact that the seahawks and the rams came up could be just mean that the 49ers are somebody's trying to drum the 49ers exactly. price up
1: that's what that was my thought. you know
2: it I don't see the Rams and the Seahawks being interested in Julio Jones. Not that they couldn't be. To me, just the team that's the most likely interested is the 49ers. They could use a receiver of that caliber. Kyle Shanahan has a ton of experience with Julio. It made sense. And then the fact that shortly after we started hearing about the 49ers, the Rams and the Seahawks popped up. And it's like, eh, I don't know. They could be, but it just seemed like, let's see if we can get the get the 49ers to panic yeah, a little I bit. I wonder if
1: they want a future future first round pick like that would have to be 2024, right? Because they have no other <laughs> right. options. Or if it's as simple as hey, you offered a 2, how about a 2 and a 3? How about a 2 and a 2 or something like that where where I'd imagine the 49ers wouldn't be willing to budge any more than like a 2 and like a future third round comp pick that is essentially a throw in for them anyway, but yeah, the Rams have like $7 million in cap space. The Seahawks have the same, so uh, where are they getting the funds to pay for Julio? And I just talked about how you can manipulate the cap, but the 49ers are like right around the edge where they're in still in double digits uh after they sign all the draft class. But yeah, even they would have to make some, you know, just move some money. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, the 49ers have by far and away the most cap space out of those three things. And like you just said, they would still have to move some money around. So they to me seem like they're the the one team in the best position to sign for, to trade for somebody like Julio. And the fact that the Rams and the Seahawks popped up right after we heard about the 49ers just kind of made things seem in a way, maybe it makes it seem more legitimate, you know, because you can kind of see the game being played. Um, But again, like I tweeted the other day, it's like, I'm in such a bad place to take any reports seriously right now. (laughs) I mean, most of 49ers Twitter is. We just went through the Mac Jones gauntlet, bro. That was fun.
1: Um, I mean. Yeah. we The backlash or afterward, just people still digging their heels in made the Mac Jones story even more hilarious because it never really made sense. it, It did, man. But the fact that people refused to pivot off their original stance that it was Mac the entire time just makes it that much more funny.
2: It does. It does. People, you know, it is what it is. I I don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to acting like I knew more than somebody else, but it it was hard to, as much as at at one point I definitely got on here and told everybody I was defeated. And I felt like, (laughs) you know, the Mac Jones thing had beat me into a pulp and I, I had no defense for it anymore. So I knew it felt unnatural and not right, but you just, it was coming from so many places that it was just hard to, Hard to keep your shields up, man. But um, anyways, we're past that. We're past that. What, Dude, what's going on with the 49ers and tight ends right now? So
1: at OTAs, either they really, really, really want to give George Kittle a break and not have just to keep him fresh through practice and whatnot, or the other tight ends are just not cutting it right now because what, there's been like three workouts from tight ends just in the past few days. So uh, they just cut Daniel Helm. So that one of the, one of those statements were true just with you know Helm not living up, but you have Rostwell he's not going anywhere. And then you have Charlie Warner who was a six round pick. It's not like they invested a lot in Warner. Um, so those are gonna be the guys who are supposedly gonna make the roster but the ghost of Delaney Walker is back baby. Um, <laughs> what, what do you expect from Walker? So he didn't play in 2020 he opted out. Uh, he, he hasn't really stayed healthy the, the two seasons before that. But, I mean, he was a monster in 2017. And, obviously, whenever he plays, he still, for whatever reason, can run and probably still can run to this day. But, um, man, I just – I'm saying this after Trent Williams, but I want to be clear that not everybody gets a Trent Williams treatment. So, uh, <laughs> do you trust somebody who just took a year off from football if you are not a unicorn cyborg like Trent Williams? Though Delaney Walker is, like, right. that t- close to that type of athlete anyway.
2: He is. I, I don't know, man. Like he's going to be 37 yeah. next season. So it's just like, and, and, and if there were like, if it were a situation where he had a big season and then he had one season where he just got hurt and kind of went away and then you're like, okay. Uh, you know, and, and then that, that year off came. So you could kind of see where, you know, a player might've been primed for a great season. It had, he played, but Delaney Walker's not really in that position. He didn't play last year. He didn't do anything in 2019. I mean I don't want to say anything that's the, you know he had 21 catches for 200 yards and a couple touchdowns. So I don't want to say he did nothing that's that's you know a guy sitting on a chair in his computer <laughs> room type talk. Um, and then in 2018 he didn't play really. I mean he really only played in one game. so you can also you can almost say out of he's only played in one out of the last cool. three seasons. You know, and that's tough. And and then in the in 2017, he was still doing big things. You know, obviously no one's ever gonna frown at seventy-four catches for eight hundred yards and a few touchdowns. Um but it's just, it's hard to know what you're gonna get. And obviously the 49ers haven't signed him yet. He's coming in for a workout uh tomorrow. Uh that would be today's Tuesday. That would be on Wednesday. I just I don't know, man. And again, I think this is more of a indictment of what the 49ers have at tight end than it is behind George Kittle, of course, than it is what Delaney Walker is capable of doing. If that yeah, makes like sense. What
1: did the tight ends have to do in practice to be like, for the coaches to be like, no, nope, we got to get that 37 year old. Uh, we need him <laughs> right away because it's, they can't be getting beaten, you know, just whipped uh, from a blocking standpoint, because they were just in helmets. So do they just drop every pass? Are they not getting open or. I don't know, because to be – I mean, the 49ers defense, they do have some fast players on that roster, and even at the second level, the linebackers and safeties. But still, uh, to be digging for the Delaney Walkers and the Mick Pruitts, um, who I had never heard of. <laughs> McPruitts. Mick, Mick whoever that guy was. Um, whoever they just worked out. But to be digging for a tight end uh, just after two days or after three days, one week of OTAs, probably not great for the current tight ends on the roster.
2: No, and the one other option I hadn't really thought of until right now is we haven't heard about it, but maybe somebody's sure, hurt. Sure. Um, I, I, that could be the case. I, I mean, I, I don't have any way of saying yes or no, or and somebody could be hurt. But again, you're still. There's, I mean, what you would think there would even be other options out there that aren't a 37 year old tight end that hasn't, you know what I mean? It just seems so random. Got it. Don't get me wrong. He was hella good in Tennessee, and he was really good with the 49ers. He was always just behind Vernon Davis. Yeah, so there was only so good he could be, and he he blew up when, in Tennessee, but it's just, I just don't know what you could have at this How point. How
1: would you feel about acquiring one slightly unused Zach Ertz, or if he were even to be released? So I know there was a report that came out that said the Eagles just want some, si- some type of com- compensation for him, but – Let's say they can't get anything, and because he has a high salary cap, uh, what if he's released? Or would you be willing to even part ways with like a later draft pick or even a fourth round? Who knows? You won't have to pay the same as you would both against the cap and draft capital wise to acquire Hertz. Uh, do you think you'd be willing to go that far? I think he's about eight million dollars or so.
2: I like it. I like it better if they release him. I don't necessarily know that he would kind of had to have a role with the 49ers that would justify, you know, right now, I know as of right now, he has a $12 million cap number, like, uh, you know, just straight up. I don't know that he would just, he would ever be able to carve out a role with the 49ers that would justify that kind of money. But if the Eagles say goodbye, and I would, I would think that Zachert's salary is a big reason they haven't gotten a whole lot of trade interest. You know, it's just a big number, and he struggled with a little bit of injuries. And I mean, I love the guy. He was my 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 fantasy darling for a few years, and I, I obviously I just like his skill set, super well rounded, kind of just like a less dynamic George Kittle. You know, a, a little a little a little less dynamic. So I, I like his skill set a lot. I mean, it would make a ton of sense if it if he was a free agent. It's just this isn't the first year that the forty ers have shown a lot of interest in like the tight end two market, right? At all. You know, yeah. like it, we, we we heard about it in the draft. We heard about it when it came to free agents. I don't know, I mean, they you know, they took a swing on Jordan Reed, which which did and didn't work out.
1: Um I mean, they they knew I don't know, I just much from Reed. That was like a shot in the dark. But even um uh, remember Correct. in March, a couple off-seasons ago, Austin, the Austin Hooper name came up. So they, they've definitely been looking yep. uh, yeah, looking at the tight end position. I, I don't really like the idea of Ertz. Uh, I don't know that he would fit the mold of a Shanahan pass catcher because think about just the their three main guys right now. Um, or even if you want to count Jalen Hurd, well, speaking of myths and ghosts. Um, so you have <laughs> – Kittle, who Kittle and Debo, two guys who are going to run through your face. Like they are not going to run out of bounds. They're not going to avoid contact at all. And Ayuk is more of a guy who I think just uses stiff arm, but at the same time is not. He he looks for contact. He doesn't avoid contact. And I don't get that same kind of smash mouth type of player uh, that you do with those three, as opposed to Ertz. And I mean, obviously, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be asked to do as much as those three. But at the same time, you just talked about the money, and you're paying him to do that much. So yeah, I, I don't think it would justify it either. Uh, if you were to be released though, and you you know you wanted to maybe pay him like five or six million, then sure, why not? Because um, I mean, he's he's definitely a talented player, and he will help open up your offense. I just don't know if they want to play that style where you're playing you know Ertz and Kittle at the same time, as opposed to uh, check in the backfield, because that's how you can control defenses anyway.
2: Uh, I mean. Obviously there's the size element, but I mean how much you check would make a pretty good tight end.
1: Yeah, I mean he already has. You know, like
2: <laughs> right. It's like I don't know. I just don't know. It's hard for me to, to get a gauge on what they're searching for with tight ends. You know, like they're all over the place. Obviously you got like Jordan Reed who's more of like a pure pass catcher, and then you got Delaney Walker who's hella old but right. can do both. Uh, you know, George Kittle obviously can do both. I just, I don't really, it's tough to get a gauge on, on what they want from that role. Cause you can get a move tight end who really only has one job. You can go for somewhere in between. I, I just, it's tough for me to know what they want there.
1: Their, I'm their 67th I'm, overall pick from the 2018 NFL draft or 2019 NFL draft. Um, Jalen Hurd, that guy is, I imagine who they want because he can do a little bit of both. And I mean, we, He's talking about speaking of just living on plays. He's living on like two preseason plays from two preseasons ago. <laughs> man. And still, there's all this hope. like Heard's a guy. he's gonna do it. Do you think that he is going to give them anything or uh, is that just a pipe dream at this point?
2: Man, I don't know because its it's just such yeah. shitty luck. Like nothing Jalen heard has done. And I, and it's hard for me to say this because, well, no, I mean, it's not hard for me to say this. Nothing he's done has contributed to him not playing, right. you know, like it could just be the shittiest, one of the shittiest two year stints as a, as a brand new pro we've seen in a while. And and he could just step in and instantly change the dynamic of the entire 49ers. Do offense. you
1: remember how he got hurt? Like he, the second time? Well,
2: there, you're talking about the, well, It's the ACL. I don't, I don't, I wasn't there. I think it was just during a practice yeah, He, without, he right? was,
1: like, standing alone off to the side in practice. And he was working by himself <laughs> and, like, his knee just, like, pop. That's it. So, yeah, talk about awful man. luck. It would be tough to make that story up, but still he found a way. That is, that is so 49ers injury luck because this team is, oh, my goodness, man. The, the things that happen. Plague, yeah, bro. the things that happen.
2: If it's just a matter of, I don't expect anything from Jalen Hurd, but I am uh, while saying that I'm also aware that, that he could very well like explode if he's healthy. Like the dude just coming out of college was an absolute freak. Like just the way he played running back, how quickly he became a legitimate receiver, you know, not, you know, he wasn't, he was raw in some ways, but he was good. You know, like in the short amount of time he was a receiver and putting somebody like that into Shanahan's offense with what they already have would just be pretty absurd. I uh, I would expect big things. It's just I have no expectations for for him after the you know the start he's gotten on. You know, if if he comes back from that then more power to him because it's it's just the shittiest luck ever. Yeah, you
1: have to wonder just like what kind of explosiveness he has left after just back-to-back season-ending injuries. It's not like he was, you know, rolled his ankle or something. He had he missed two full season so uh, you mentioned him being like a little raw but you also powerful and explosive that's probably exactly what they want or i'd imagine that's exactly what they want in the slot somebody who can win underneath and turn those underneath routes into explosive plays but i I think it's the same where um while it'd be great to get any kind of production out of him um, the expectations are just low because it's not fair to expect anything from him right yeah they should be low
2: They should be low, you know, and then the, and he's the, like you said, man, there's so many Shanahan plays that are like, man, if you break this one tackle, you're (laughs) going to score. Like he does that so often. So, and that's why they would value a guy like Hurd because he's incredibly tough to bring down. He's extremely comfortable with contact because he was a running back and you know, if they could get a guy like that going, I don't blame fans for being excited about the possibility you just have to be realistic about it. Like, sure, he could he could come on huge, but the odds of that happening at this point are just, you know, it sucks, but it is what it is.
1: It'd be a great story. It but is what it yeah, is. I, at the same time, six four two thirty four five. I I completely understand why you're not going to close that door.
2: Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, hey, let's get. Let me get a quick word in from our our or not really I mean it's our sponsors but it's a, a blue wire program called Blue Wire Hustle. We'll hit that and then me and Kyle will come back and we will interesting topic that 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 KP forwarded me. So let's get a let's get a quick word in from a Blue Wire Hustle then we'll get back to that. If you love listening to us here on hours after hours, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host that than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top producers, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other platforms. The best part is you can get all of it for 15 bucks a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about the 49ers, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited. Get your application in today. To apply, you're going to go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: All right, so KP, you forwarded me an interesting little read earlier today about how basically every NFL head coach... Stacks up, and obviously this is just one man's opinion, which is finding the byline right now, Patrick Doherty, over at uh, uh, NBC Sports Edge, and he ranked basically every head coach, and I was reading through a good amount of them, and I thought it was well done in the in as far as. The most of the like the the reasons for where he had them. Like there really wasn't a whole lot of stuff I saw that was kind of egregious. Could we talk about it? Could we argue about it? Sure, of course. It's what we're gonna do. It's what we do about it's what football's all about. Um, but why don't you I mean you 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 were the one that, that forwarded it to me. So why don't you uh elaborate on it a little bit more, especially where those those NFC West coaches Yeah, own. I was
1: I was curious just because what you look at or just in general, you would think Kyle Shanahan, he just came off a of Super Bowl. He should be higher. Or your initial reaction would be Kyle Shanahan at 10, because that's where he was ranked in this post. What in the world have you seen from him over the first four years from his career to rank him that high? So uh, let's let's go through the list here. Sean McVay, Rams head coach, number five overall. Pete Carroll, Seahawks, number eight. Shanahan, 10-10. Cliff Kingsbury way down the list at number 21, who, I mean, I would probably even go lower than that with him. He, I was so high on him coming into the league and he's just let me all the way down, but (laughs) Kyle Shannon at 10 is fun because there, I don't know who you take out ahead of him. So I I think 10 is just right on. It's fair. But again, uh, you have the fresh off the Super Bowl. You have so much context when you talk about just him in general, because, Obviously, well, no. we always talk really? about just what his what his uh, record is with Jimmy Garoppolo. So without Jimmy Garoppolo, we're well aware of what his record is. Like, it's way below 500 still for 45 percent win percentage uh, since twenty nine, twenty seventeen. Um, so much to take away from this, though. But I, I really think that 10 is fair. How do you feel about that?
2: I I thought it was fair too, and just to give everybody a little context, I'll just roll through the their Man. top ten since Kyle Shanahan technically is on that, and and three quarters of the NFC West is on that why too. You do so that, that tells you all. I'm sorry, you-
1: why you do that? Make sure you say the win percentages next to their names because I feel like that.
2: <laughs> right. I did know. Yeah. Okay. So we've got Bill Belichick number one. Go. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Uh, he has a sixty-seven percent win percentages win percentage. That's ridiculous. Um, Andy Reid is number two, a 62% win percentage. Sean Payton of the Saints, number three, 63%. Uh, John Harbaugh with the Ravens, 62%. Sean McVay of the Rams, 67%. Um, Sean McDermott of the Bills, 59%. Uh, Mike Tomlin of the Steelers, 65%. Still underrated for some reason. Um, Pete Carroll of the Seahawks, 60%. Bruce Arians of the Bucks, 60%. And here you have Kyle Shanahan with a 45% win percentage. And right behind him is Frank Wright of the Colts with 58%. And at 12, you have Matt LaFleur of the Packers who has an 81%. Obviously, everybody falls into different situations. But reading it like that, to me, says Kyle Shanahan is getting the respect he deserves. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that could you have maybe put him one or two spots higher and still seemed reasonable? Yes. Could you have put him one or two spots lower and still seemed reasonable? Absolutely. I, I feel like it's pretty accurate. Like, do I have a higher opinion of Kyle Shanahan than the 10th best head coach? I think so. But at some point, you have to kind of hold someone responsible for what they've gotten done. And – with Kyle Shanahan there's so much like you said you said it perfect there's so much context there and anybody who who claims to know the NFL talk the NFL would know that context like it, it, Kyle Shanahan some of these some of that context was created by his own decisions but at the same time the guy has taken it in the chin quite a bit in regards to what he could be doing and not being able to do that if you know the, about the about the simplest way I could say that you know, he's had a lot of things that have kept him from kind of doing what everybody knows he's capable of. And that's why he gets, despite having a clearly lesser win percentage, that's why he gets the benefit of the doubt at number 10, because it's it's Kyle fucking Shanahan. And kind of the best way for me to put it, and obviously there would be some other things that would go into this, if every team was wiped out and of their head coaches and they had like a head coach draft, Kyle Shanahan would go pretty fucking early uh,
1: easily. And
2: so, I mean, that to me, I know he would, and it's not, I know it's like an opinion, but I know he would. And that kind of just tells me all I need to know. And obviously it's not a real thing. It's not telling me anything. I just made it up out of thin air, but it, it, you could just, you can kind of just see it happening. So I don't know,
1: man, what do you think? So I think it, when we talk about context, how would these guys look if they didn't have their starting quarterback for the majority of you know three of the past four seasons so that that's there's a context right there because you think about it bill Belichick, brady reed mahomes Peyton, breeze uh ravens lamar rams well <laughs> uh, McD- uh mcdermott josh allen steelers big ben Carroll, um russ obviously and then arians who had Jameis, and then just tom brady this final season obviously but I wouldn't have any well
2: and no, even with the with the Cardinals he had yeah, like basically uh, what? Kurt Warner, Carson Palmer. So, yeah. yeah, they had Palmer was yeah, Palmer was playing
1: really good under him for a while. I wouldn't have been mad if he had LaFleur over Shanahan because an 81% win percentage. I don't care if you have Aaron Rodgers. That's nuts. And it's not like they're getting bounced, you know, right away in the playoffs. In 2019, the Packers ran into a buzzsaw in the playoffs. There's nothing that they just a bad Bad matchup for them. Uh, the 49ers had great pass rushers. They were able to do whatever they wanted to on defense. They made most teams look like the Packers. So that was his first year as well. Uh, last year, uh, again, they had an opportunity to make the Super Bowl. But Tom Brady, and that's not he's not the only person to lose to Tom Brady in the playoffs. There's a reason Tom Brady is Tom Brady. So, yeah, I wouldn't have been mad at that. Uh, but other than that, I don't think there's any real qualms that I have. So, yeah, it's just – Kyle Shannon deserves to be 10 would I have him higher like in a redraft he probably would be a lot higher because we're just drafting based off not your team surroundings not your injuries but at the same time we have to have we have to hold him accountable for some of the decisions that he has made and they have bet on players who have an injury history and when you do that you can't complain when they are injured so that's what's happened in you know a good for a good portion of his career but he's just coached his ass off man and uh, they've made some crazy adjustments. Obviously, Robert Sala got much better as the more he coached. Um, not some. This isn't so much Kyle Shannon related, but I want to see what uh, D'Amico Ryan's is like because that's that's going to be the real key for this season. Because we know what the offense is going to be like, uh, whether it's Jimmy, whether it's Trey, uh, but I want to see how aggressive that defense is and if they're able to complement the offense.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that too. And, and D'Amico Ryans has the benefit of having worked under Robert Sala the entire time, you know, and, and he knows exactly. You have to think that Sala just put in an incredible amount of work, especially when it comes to last season, in order to get that kind of a result from a defense that went through what it went through with injuries. So D'Amico Ryans should get off on the right foot. And when it comes to Shanahan, like, one of the biggest te- one of the biggest compliments anyone could have ever given him is the attendance numbers the 49ers yeah. are getting right now oh yeah like you know there are definitely players with workout bonuses <laughs> um but there're also players that I probably would have expected to be there anyways like look at Fred Warner now this is i'm not taking anything away from Kyle Shanahan but that that's very internal for Fred Warner You know, a guy who's kind of like who should be either getting a new contract this offseason or he's kind of like a no-brainer at the end. He's a guy that could have sat out and a lot of people would have understood why. If not sat out, passed up on the voluntary stuff just based on where he is in his career and how much he's about to get paid. But Fred Warner's there, and that has just as much to do with Fred Warner's leadership as anything. But you can't take away from Kyle Shanahan the fact that he's built a team – no matter how much they've lost, that has never shown even the slightest hint of coming undone at the seams. They were losing like crazy. They had bad quarterbacks. They had injured quarterbacks. And the team, for the most part, just kept right on rolling. And there was never a time when you or I were in that locker room where it seemed like people were losing their shit or blaming each other or giving each other looks like it It's pretty impressive that they've been able to establish a culture like this. Kyle Shanahan, a lot of people kind of forget it. It's a first-time head coach. You wouldn't really know it just kind of by the way he carries himself, but he's a first-time head coach, and he has the 49ers with one of the highest attendance rates of all voluntary workouts right now. Yeah, I think they're – at. Like, what, 87 or something? a
1: ton of guys there. Like, a lot of players show up to those workouts. And and as you mentioned, it wasn't just like the bottom of the roster. Trent Williams was there. Alex Mack was there. Fred Warner, who had no business showing up because, I mean, right. get your money, young man, and make sure that they pay you. But he's pretty – I mean, it's pretty evident that he's not worried about that. But it speaks to the culture because despite losing – having a losing season three out of four years, uh, people are still buying in. And I think it's because – this team knows what they can be. And I also think it goes back to Shanahan just having, having bounced around the NFL a little bit. And when I say that, I mean he's worked for a handful of teams where he's probably understood what these coaches do, picked up what worked, what didn't. And he's straight away a little bit from his dad, but he's, he, he is adapting to what wins in the NFL now. And that's the culture and that's the brotherhood, you know, just letting guys be themselves as well. And I'm sure, uh, what he wears doesn't hurt just the whole flat bill the yeezy (laughs) stuff that gets guys to buy in it hey i'm hip i'm cool but at the same time um he's he's honest he's real he's open and i've seen just some of the interactions with the players and the coaches where it i could see why it's easy to buy in just because uh he's so cut and dry like keeps everything black and white
2: right and you know we've we've all kind of we we've all known throughout all of this that And it is important to go back and say, like, look, if Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have been at least at one point enamored with getting Kirk Cousins, then maybe he would have put a little more work into players like Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. You know, uh, maybe that there would have been a a more – but that is really kind of, you know, hindsight type of stuff. You know, it was – at the time, there weren't nearly as many people – pushing for those players as there are now saying, why didn't they draft those players? I mean, it's hard to kind of quantify it, but obviously there are some decisions Sanahan's made that have led to where they are now. And, but at the same time with the amount of context involved, the amount of injuries, the amount of, you know, not even that like rebuilding a fucking horrible roster. They
1: were were really bad in 2017. (laughs)
2: Like and obviously, they, part of that belongs credit belongs to John Lynch. They kind of did it together, but you got to talk. You, you know, that's a huge part of the context. Then not only were they just building a team that they could compete with, but they were, were completely rebuilding one. Like that, that could take years, and within a couple of years, they were they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, and and that just shows you the culture they've built, the players they brought in, and what Kyle Shanahan is able to do with a, a healthy quarterback, (laughs) you know, a healthy, competent quarterback, not just any quarterback, you know, as much as that light loves to fall out of people's mouth during the off season, like Kyle Shanahan doesn't need a great quarterback.
1: Who doesn't need a great quarterback? (laughs) Do you think, do you think Andy Reid hates that he has a great quarterback right now? We saw what Andy Reid looks like. uh, Just, in general. And then we saw what he looks like when he has a great quarterback, just the room for air. Just great. Just heightened so much. And same with Bruce Arians, like he was winning and now he got a great quarterback and look what happened. So come on, man. That's not, why do we have to do this?
2: Right. That's not a real thing. Like I told Krog, I was like, it's like, it's like you've got the best formula one driver on the track. Um, we we could take some steps to making sure he has an, an outstanding engine, but we think he's good with just a decent engine. So we're just going to leave him with that. We'll make some other moves, put our money elsewhere. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like if you compare a coach like Shanahan with an elite talented quarterback, then like the sky's the limit. We've seen it. It's it's not a new theory. And I think the Andy Reid example is a perfect example. Um yeah, I mean just to kind of sum it up like I feel like that you know it, it speaks to Shanahan that's what I'll say it speaks to what he is what and what everybody knows he's capable of that a guy with a less than you know a 50% winning percentage could be considered a top 10 head coach in the NFL like if you the when you say it like that it's kind of absurd you're like how the hell is a dude with a 40% win percent 47% winning percentage even considered top half of the league, but that just shows you what the type of a unicorn Shanahan is and, and what people think of him. Now, at, at some point, I don't know when that's going to be. Obviously, trading up to draft Trey Lance buys everybody a lot of time. But at some point, his feet are going to get held to the fire if things start don't start going where everybody thinks they should be. But at the same time, it's it's to me, it's impressive that he gets that type of respect despite you know his short yeah, I think
1: what you see is so people just understand we're dealing with a mastermind a wizard a guy on offense who still so the 49ers didn't have a ba- didn't have their starting quarterback didn't have a lot of just I mean Ayuk and Debo were and Kittle were on the field for what how probably not even 100 snaps last year it felt like um They were still fifth in explosive plays in 2020. That's not because of Nick Mullins. That's not because of CJ Beathard. That's (laughs) Kyle Shannon. Just knowing that, knowing the type of offense they run, he was still able to get production um, in that offense. And obviously you want to be consistent down to down, which they usually are when Jimmy is on the field, but knowing that he can still scheme open the type of offense that we saw last year is pretty impressive. And that just speaks to, again, the type of person, or the type of coach Shannon is and people around the NFL are well aware of, you know, who he is too. So if I imagine if we were to do the same exercise and pull just coaches 10, like he would still be in the top 10 and pretty comfortably.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that he, that he holds this. I mean, I, I can't remember where I read this, but it was, it was considered like common NFL practice to watch among head coaches or offensive coordinators to watch 49ers games wow. af, a, on Sunday or after on the week after a, a 49ers game. If you shared that opponent, you would watch what the 49ers did against them because that's what was, that's what you needed to do. That. You know, and, and it's, it's just, I, I know I've read that in a couple of places and it's just cool, man. It's cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how this Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance situation evolves Preseason is going to be must watch, must watch TV. Training camp, although i, I mean you know, obviously it's not going to be televised. Is going to be something to see. It's just, it's going to be a fun couple years. You know, it's at the very least, it's going to be a fun couple years to see how all this evolves. But I don't know, man. I think that's, uh, I think that's good shit, bro. I think that, I think that we've covered the uh, the gamut. I mean, did we miss any? We didn't miss any housekeeping news, did nah. we? Uh, I mean, Ronald Blair signed with the Jets. That's cool. Good Blair, for you, Ronald.
1: Blair, Blair has a job. Western Richburg officially retired, but we we knew that, so they saved what oh, 1.1 million. Um, and then we just we know we wait for news. We wait for OTAs. The first round of OTAs. I mean, they were in padded helmets. Was the biggest story that we could take away. I know. So just just got to wait till the pads come on. Mini camps later in June. So hopefully, you know, we get some stories out of that. But other than that, yeah, once once training camp rolls around. Uh, the dissection of every throw that Jimmy or Trey Lance makes is going to be nauseating, but I cannot wait. Honestly, it's going to be. It's gonna I be know. Hilarious. I know, dude. I
2: can't wait to read about the the training camp completion percentages, <laughs> and if I'm and if I'm there, I'm oh, going to tweet yes. about them. And it's it's going to happen. Don't, I'd be disappointed. It's going to happen. I know, man. It's like it's like the, uh, the 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 Jones wrong last name joke. Like it's just to a point where if you don't, then you yeah, did something wrong. But Anyways, all right, hey dude, I appreciate you coming on here, man. and um, like I said to everybody, I think uh, I think as long as you're down, we'll plan on you being on here next time and who knows we may have a, a thing. I don't want to uh, I just don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, we'll see, but uh you know, I don't know later this week we'll be back on here. We'll find something to talk about. The 49ers at the very least are good at that, somehow creating things to talk about when you think there shouldn't be anything. Uh, they just kind of have that that magic to them, um, but anyways, dude, I appreciate you coming on here. Good talking to you, uh, everybody out there. Make sure you are following. Uh, what's your what's your Twitter handle? KP AP Show, right?
1: KP Show. Haven't tweeted in a while. I, I kind of just step away during this time, but I mean, maybe I just need something to talk about. I'm not worried about the little rumors and stuff that uh, people kind of fabricate and generate to talk during these times. So, no, nah, not not too interested yeah. in that stuff.
2: KP is a substance guy. Okay. He's a substance guy. It's it is what it is. Now, at the same time, he uh, you know, he runs Niners Nation, so he has to kind of embrace er- things that come along, but um he's still, I know in his heart he's a substance guy. Uh so make sure you are following KP. That's at KP underscore show. KP stands for Kyle Posey. He's a cool dude. I know him. Uh you're gonna hear from him. Hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of Striking Gold. Uh, especially during the change Like I said Make sure you go, go over there To uh, the to On 49ers Support Eric Crocker Because um, he's the homie and, and you gotta show him love um, I mean you can follow me On Twitter if you want I'm not gonna like Say you need to Because I'm just It's just me You know But you, you already know what it is uh, Thanks for listening Thanks for supporting the podcast I appreciate it Do all that Comment, rate, review, subscribe stuff That you guys know you should do That you don't need me To tell you about anymore um, I appreciate it But hey for another episode this is still striking gold and we're signing out